WATD presents John Paul, the car doctor. All things automotive. Have questions? Call 781-837-4900. Now, here's John Paul, the car doctor. Well, good Sunday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on 95.9 WATD. And if all of a sudden my voice disappears, it's because apparently I got some kind of cold um, and uh, and used about, uh, I don't know, a thousand COVID tests to make sure I don't have COVID, so I didn't want to give it to anyone. Uh, Jesse, you can't give COVID to people over the air, can you? I don't make the rules. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, but, you know, this, this is, uh, it's interesting. Uh, weather observer Jesse Wilkins, um, you know, said, you know, it's it's raining, it's sleeting, weather's terrible. And we always say at AAA that, you know, lights on for safety. You should always have your headlights on. Uh, your car is much more visible. That's why cars have daytime running lights. And in Massachusetts and most other states, you should have your lights on when your wipers are on, which means your all of your lights, not just your headlights, but your headlights and taillights on, so your car is more visible. But what happens, though, with your headlights, especially if you're using them all the time, they start to degrade a little bit over time. And personally... You know, I get my eyes checked periodically, and I remember the first time I went to go have my eyes checked, and I said, yeah, I'm, you know, concerned about my close-up vision. It's not as good as it used to be. And they said, well, we're going to check, you know, your vision both close up and far away. And they put the kind of goofy glasses on, and I and I said, no, my distance vision is good. And they put the glasses on, and I looked, and I'm like, whoa, I can see a whole lot more stuff than I could before because your vision degrades a little bit over time, and you don't really notice, and your headlights do the same thing. And with us is Erin O'Malley. She is the director of marketing for Sylvania. And uh, Sylvania has kind of come up with an eye test for headlights. Good morning, Erin, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Good morning, John. Thank you so much for having uh, allowing us to have this opportunity to talk to you this morning and your listeners. Yeah, well, tell us a little bit about um, this program you have, uh, you know, kind of almost doing an eye exam for your car. Yeah, so as Sylvania being the leading automotive lighting, you know, brand in the USA, you know, we feel we have an obligation to talk to people a little bit about this dimming because it is a novel idea. 80% of people wait till their headlights burn out before they change, which is certainly understandable, right? I turn them on, they work, what's the problem? What many people don't understand is like you were saying, they do wear out over time, just like tires and brakes and windshield wipers. So we wanted to come up with a unique way to talk a little bit about um, this um, concept of just like your eyes, you know, they wear out over time, your headlights are wearing out. And so, and if you wait until burnout, you can lose up to 50 feet of visibility, right? That's a whole tractor trailer length. So you are losing a lot. So we wanted to talk a little bit more about the maintenance aspect of headlights. And our eye care is a great parallel. Um, As you mentioned, you get your eyes checked. Um, so we wanted to dr- demonstrate the same thing. Um, you know, the eyes, the excuse me, the headlights are the eyes of your vehicle. So, um, and lastly, we wanted to show folks that it's an easy do-it-yourself do type of project, you know, a DIY. Most folks are a little concerned, like, oh, can I really change my headlight bulbs? The average time is about 30 minutes. There are some vehicles that are certainly more difficult that can be anywhere, you know, up to a couple hours. 
Pennsylvania does have over 55,000 videos online um, that people can view step-by-step instructions. But what we did is we went out to the desert in Las Vegas, and we set up an eye care um, exam pop-up, similar to like if you were to walk into your eye doctor, and people pulled their vehicle in. We had eye charts that they could look at, and then we also had a road um, filled with uh, elements that you would be looking at such a, on the roadways, such as signage, you know, maybe some deer. We also had a Bigfoot way in the background that, again, the goal was they pull in. We show them what they're seeing today with their current headlights. We had a Ferropter designed. It's a, you know, those click clicking devices when you are in the eye doctor office that shows you, can you see this now? You know, how's your left and right looking? Well, we built a, I think it's probably the largest Ferropter around. Maybe we can get it in the Guinness Book of World Records. But that was then to show you, here's what you are seeing today, and here's what you could see if you upgraded to what we consider our, you know, furthest down road, whiter light uh, or Silver Star Ultra. So then once they experience that you know, what I'm seeing now, oh, what I could see, it was a game changer. People, you know, what it takes with lighting is seeing is believing because you don't see that um, subtle uh degrading over time. So then once they saw, oh, yes, gosh, I'm not seeing as well as I could, they then went to another station at the event, and uh, we showed them how to change their headlights and also gave them a headlight restoration kit which allows them to clean their lenses because just like glasses, if your glasses aren't clean, you really can't see as well out of them. So we have an award-winning um, headlight restoration kit that cleans it. You know, you, you take some, we, we provide the solutions, the sandpaper. Um, it's an easy, again, DIY project, and it also has a UV protecting coating that allows you to do that. So we kind of, again, parallel that to uh, the eye exam that you usually get a you know a soft cloth coming out of that. We gave them the headlight restoration kit, so that was the thought behind it. Yeah, and uh, you know it, it's funny you mentioned uh, you know glasses and cleaning your glasses because um, I wear reading glasses sometimes, and I and I put mine on before this interview, and I picked them up, and I'm like, ugh, you know they look terrible. Uh, you know I need to clean them, and then you know I, I was you know thinking more about the headlight thing, and we and we did some testing at AAA a while back and showed that um, actually restoring headlight lenses provide better light output than sometimes going to an aftermarket replacement that might not be quite up to the same quality as those original equipment. So we found that in some cases, restoring the headlights and maintaining them, you'll, you'll, you're able to keep 90% or a little bit higher of the original light coming from the, those bulbs. So it is important to, if you start to see a little bit of um, haziness starting to build up on the lenses of your headlights, that's the time you want to take care of them. You don't want to, you don't want to try to fix them when, they're, when they uh, have completely turned white and they're pretty useless. And uh, the other part of it is, as we get older... That between the time we're 20 and 60 years old, we need three times as much light to see. So as we're as we're aging, the importance of good headlights that are doing their job becomes even that much more important, right? Exactly. And so, you know, I think the headlight restoration kit is a you know something that people just aren't aware of 
what you said is, yes, absolutely, it will be a game changer if you're having hazing or any, you know, fogging type on, on the outside lens that you can certainly clean it and it will change um, what you're seeing out there. And, you know, today we we see all kinds of different headlights in brand new cars. We see halogen headlights, we see uh, xenon headlights, the high-intensity discharge style, and then we see LED headlights. Uh, but a lot of people have conventional halogen style lights, and maybe they're not doing quite the job they used to. Um, but Sylvania has some answers to that. They have a little bit brighter, a little bit whiter light. Um, that is still designed for that particular car um, uh, to to help improve the headlights you maybe already have in your car, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when when someone goes online um, or visits our site or goes into an auto specialty retailer, we've tried to design, you know, based on what people need to know and may not know, that you do have headlight options. So if you have a halogen um, bulb in your car today, we had, and, and that's what we consider a basic bulb, right? It conforms with the OEM standards, as you mentioned, and it provides, you know, that a little yellower light, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good bulb that's designed for longevity, right? So it's going to last a long time. But if you, if you're looking for something that, let's say you drive a lot at night and you're like, geez, I'm just not seeing as well as I could. Well, you could go up a next level to what we call our extra vision. It gives you a little further down road view, a little, you know, a little more light. And then you can go all the way up. There are several um, options in between based on what you're looking for, what you want to spend. But what we do promote is our Silver Star Ultra, right? It is the furthest down road white light, and it provides, just as you were saying, that whiter light, the furthest down road, and it also gives more clarity, um, you know, on the side, the side of the road. So, again, we hear a lot from – so those are kind of the halogen options. You also – mentioned um the more of the style type of a, a product which is our our um zxe gold which is designed for someone who wants more of that stylistic look maybe they don't have an led um car for their headlights but they can go up to that and then hid if you're using hid we always tell folks make sure you currently have an hid housing assembly because that's you you can't put um, you know HID and halogens. It's, it's they're not coupled properly. So yes, there are many options available, and um, you know that's something we talk to consumers about to make sure that they understand that based on your driving, it is a game changer when you go from a basic to a, a Silver Star Ultra. Um, so you know depending on what someone's looking for. Yeah, and I, I remember talking to your folks a few years ago about um, LED replacement lights, and it was it was uh, you know kind of noted back then that you know you would you would like to be able to have LED replacement bulbs, but in a lot of cases um, those bulbs weren't designed for the reflectors in those lights. So although they may have they may be a whole lot brighter, they're not well focused. Um, so sometimes people will buy LED replacement headlight bulbs and they'll buy them online somewhere and they put them in and they're really bright, but all they're really doing is blinding oncoming drivers, right? Yeah, that's a really good point, John. I mean, they are not regulated today in the United States for 
forward lighting, right? Low beam, high beam. And uh, certainly we have a superior um, superior optically designed LED product that we are allowed to market today for fog and power sports use. So I would say to the listeners, if you're looking for, you know, an upgrade for your fog or power sport being out on the trails, um, you know, Sylvania has that a well-designed piece. And and what we talk about with consumers as well as uh, folks at the auto specialty stores who are, you know, helping folks, you know, when they come in and buy is that there's there's a difference, right? You get what you pay for. Um, you know, ours may be a little um, more in the price scale, but again, you're going to get what you pay for. And what I mean by that is that superior optical design that directs the light where you need it and like you were saying i call it the disco ball effect that people say wow i get this brighter light these are amazing you know i follow a lot of forums online and i hear this but they're not getting the light where they need it down the road they're getting it in the trees and you know off spraying out and that's that disco ball effect that it's going everywhere and quite frankly, yes, it is distracting to other drivers and, you know, could cause a hazard. So we talk about, you know, ours are designed to put the light where you need it. The other big thing with LEDs, they do not like heat. <laughs> These um, types of products, you know, they have to be designed with, you know, really good thermal management. And what I mean by that, you know, they have to, what happens with an inferior design um, bulb, it means the bulb is going to get too hot and it's leading to not only uh, shortened lifespan, but reduced output. So when those poor, we call them poorly designed LEDs, are not properly designed for the, the thermal management, they overheat and they end up causing, um, they could cause, I should say, damage to your vehicle, right? Your light sockets, your reflectors, your lenses. I was just um, at a, a video shoot in Massachusetts and um, we used a, a used car from one of the local dealers and we we were going to change out their um, fog and uh, fog lights and we took them out and the um, sockets were, you know, like a toasted, <laughs> toasted mm-hmm. color in terms of you could tell that the thermal management, um, you know, did not work. So ours are designed to turbo cool and maximize the life. We put a five-year warranty on them. Um, we are a trusted OEM automotive lighting manufacturer, so we have that rigor that goes behind anything we design for the aftermarket. So, you know, you can rest assured you're getting a good product. And with that heat, we've seen, you know, um, some of these LED chips just melt right off the board on, on the LEDs that uh, we find online. Yeah, I, I had a... Uh, uh someone who reads one of my columns write to me one day and said uh, they replaced, I think it was taillight bulbs with LEDs that they purchased online somewhere, and they found out they actually melted some of the sockets because, like you pointed out, even though they were just taillight bulbs, they produced an awful lot of heat, a lot more than the regular incandescent bulb that would belong there. So, again, it is it is something you have to be careful about. And, you know, most people are... Doing LED replacement because they want more light, and you know there are some people that are replacing it to be trendier, more more style to their vehicle, and you know that's that's fine. But you have to make sure that you're 
you're putting the right thing in the car. And you, you know, you mentioned sort of the, you know, people that are replacing LED bulbs. And one of the things that sometimes comes up is they'll replace the bulb, and because the LED um, uses less amperage than a conventional bulb, all of a sudden, then now they have a warning light on their dash that says the car thinks there's a light that's out because it's it's behaving differently so you know use the right bulbs for the for the right car i guess is your is really your message the other part of it is and um the just like high performance tires you get high performance tires for your car they work really really well but typically they have a little bit shorter life and that's typical with high performance bulbs too right you get um you get a brighter whiter bulb but it might not last quite as long as the conventional bulb right yeah, that's a really good point, John, and and we we let consumers know that you know your basic, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know that conforms with that OEM standard is meant to be for longevity. The brighter the light, the higher it it, um, it burns, right, at temperature wise. So yes, you're not going to get as much longevity out of it. Um, but again, depending on what you're looking for, if you are driving at night, you're looking for that brighter whiter light to, you know, uh, help you, then, you know, again, you may not get that longevity. Yeah. And, and, but like you point, you know, like, like you said, you're getting a brighter, whiter light. And the other part of it is the other important part of it is, you know, like I said, between the time you're 20 and 60, you need three times as much light to see between 20 and 40, you need twice as much light to see. So, um, (laughs) age, age certainly affects your vision and your ability to see and also recover from glare. So it is important to make sure you use the right light, get better lights on the road. And, you know, some people write to me and say, new cars, their headlights too bright. You know, if everybody had the same brightness of headlights, you wouldn't tend to stare at the bright light, which is part of the problem. But the more light that's on the road, the safer the safer driver you are. Because um, I think if I was in the desert and I had enough light on the road, I'd probably be be able to see Bigfoot down the road, wouldn't I? <laughs> yes, exactly. And and you know that's the thing. You know, we want to make sure folks know, as, as you talked about, it, it's about what you're putting in your headlight. Those OEMs with the LEDs coming off the the lines today are designed to have a horizon cutoff line and and not provide the glare. And so our products do the same thing. You know, we test a lot. We we put a lot of rigor behind anything we put out in the marketplace because we want to make sure it's not only good for the driver, but good for the all drivers on the road. So that mm. glare is something that we talk about a lot. We want to make sure folks know that, yeah, again, getting back to be careful what you're buying because they are not designed for the housing you're putting them in. Yeah, yeah, really, really important advice. And if people want more information about uh, automotive lighting uh, and to be able to find the how many how many thousands of videos did you say you guys have posted? <laughs> we have about fifty five thousand videos available. So when someone goes on to Sylvania dot com or Sylvania hyphen automotive dot com the same site um, they can put put in their make model and year and you know look at the different options that are available that we that um, we were talking about earlier and then there is an installation video that they can watch um, or they can just you know look up their light and go to our installation video section but it is step by step that tells you what you'll need you know 
how easy or difficult it will be from a timing perspective. Um, again, we hear from consumers all the time. If I only knew exactly how to do it, I'd probably do it myself. And at a hundred and. 10 to $150 an hour at a repair shop if you can do it yourself. You know, there's there's saving, you know, there, like you said, typical 30 minutes, but usual charge at a repair shop is a minimum of an hour. So you might save yourself 100 to 150 bucks by, by watching a little video and trying to do it yourself, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, money saved is always good. Hey, Aaron, thank you for taking time out of your day and joining us on the Car Doctor program here on 95.9 WATD. I really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll get to talk again soon. I, I think lighting is so important. People, I see people driving around all the time, and they, I see one headlight on, and I'm like, why don't they get their headlights fixed? And I guess the other, <laughs> little, bit of it, the other little bit of advice is if you have one headlight out, replace both bulbs, right? Yes, always replace in pairs um, because if one goes out, the other is not far behind. And the last thing I'll say, John, or two things is, you know, if folks are interested, we do have at iCareBySylvania.com. They can go online, order um, a kit that from our event that we have that basically mimics what happened out in Las Vegas in the desert, and they can give it a shot. You know, we'll we'll send them a pair of uh, Silver Star Ultra along with a cleansing, uh, cleaning cloth for their eyeglasses and some other goodies and also a headlight restoration kit. I will say it has to be a halogen uh, vehicle. Um, we'll ask for their year, make, and model, and it is while supplies last. So, um, again, I would encourage folks if they are interested to, you know, go online. Um, again, your car has to qualify for uh, what we're sending out. But we'd, we'd, we'd love to, um, you know, help folks take a look at, you know, seeing the difference on, on their own. Get get those uh, clean your glasses and get your headlights get your headlights working right. Yeah. Best advice best <laughs> advice we can say. Aaron, thanks so much for taking a little time out of your Sunday and talk to you again soon. Thanks, John. Take care. All right, bye bye. We need to take a break and pay some bills. If you want to join us, our phone number is 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. When we come back, we'll talk about, uh, well, if you give us a call, we'll talk about uh, what you have on your mind. We're all gonna, also going to talk about a little bit of an odd road test that we did. This is on, well, well, we'll let you know when we come back. And also, a little bit of trivia, and uh, we're going to give away a AAA membership. So stay tuned for that. So lots of stuff coming on, coming up uh, right after this break. You'll listen to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. We'll be right back. No one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com slash join. You make it big in motorsports, but the real reward for most is the thrill of the adrenaline and the chance to hold the checkered flag. I'm Miles Heger. The excitement and danger of motor racing are the reasons drivers love to race and why fans show up. Join me and my guests each week as we discuss the local short tracks while also sharing opinions and insight on NASCAR's National Series. Tune in to Miles on Motorsports Tuesday nights at 7 here on 95.9 WATD. 
Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the car doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on 95.9 WATD. Our phone number, if you haven't written it down somewhere, is 781-837-4900. I wonder where that phone number came from. It sounds like you got to write it down somewhere, huh? I know. Well, I will let you know I have the same little piece of paper that I've had for however long I've been doing this program now in front of me, just so I have it written down. It's rookie moves. I got the phone number tattooed uh, on my forearm, so I never forget it. Mm -hmm. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, Anyway, so um, I had the opportunity to road test something a little bit different. And uh, it's it's not a car. It's a bicycle. It's an electric bicycle. And um, so um, they're doing something a little bit different. And it, it's made by a company called Fido, F-I-I-D-O. And they make a variety of electric bikes, including a fat tire bike, multi-speed. And the subject of my road test, which is actually a folding commuter-style bike, Um it's not designed for off-road adventures, but I think it makes a good choice for in-town cruising. Um, it's powered by a, a pretty big battery. It's a 48-volt electric battery. It's connected to a 350-watt brushless motor. Um, it actually accelerates quicker on full electric power than it does if you try to pedal it. In fact, it has three pedal assist modes, um, You know, kind of a light assist, kind of a medium assist and something where the electric motor does most of the work. Um, I found, and part of it is my size compared to the bike, I found the the pedaling of it to be a little bit awkward because um, it is a small bike. Uh, in pedal assist mode, it will actually travel 124 miles. In all electric mode, the range is about 80 miles. Now, you know, just like anything else, you know, temperature, terrain, height and weight of the rider you know if you're six foot four you're going to be blocking more wind so you're going to you know you're going to slow it down um you know going uphill obviously you know that same kind of thing um it's a really small bike uh it has 14 inch tires so similar to what you see like on a kid's bike uh but it's fully functional and reasonably comfortable uh the seat frame and handlebars are all adjustable so it can adapt to riders from according to the uh instruction manual from about five feet to six foot four uh maximum weight's about 260 pounds uh the seat's pretty wide and comfortable uh the seat post contains like a shock absorber and um the seat itself has springs in it like regular old-fashioned bikes bike seat does um i found it pretty comfortable i'm sure you know if i was pedaling it uh and even being on it maybe i look a little bit goofy because you know i'm not the smallest person in the world but um and it is a small fairly small frame bike but it seems to it seems to work really well um like I said, pedaling it, I felt a little bit cramped um, because, you know, I felt like my knees were, you know, coming up under the handlebars sort of thing. So I just kept it in fully electric mode all the time, uh, my feet resting comfortably on the pedals. I found it pretty comfortable. Um, it has a LED headlight, speaking of LED headlights, and it has kind of a brake light, not really a brake light, but a um, 
what you would think is a brake light, but a rear light and a rear reflector. reflector. It actually has pretty impressive looking front and rear disc brakes, which I, which I thought was pretty good. And it has a little small cargo rack uh, over the rear wheels where I guess you could put a, um, you know, a basket of some sort on there. So uh, it's uh, it's 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 pretty it's it's pretty good. Um, I was surprised how good it is. Uh, the, it weighs about 50 pounds, so it's fairly fairly heavy feeling. When you fold it, the tires are um, just about parallel, so you can you can actually roll it around pretty easily. Um, but you could also fold it up. You could put it in a RV or trunk of your car or something. Uh, it's um, I've shown it to a few people now, and people go, "How much is it?" And I'm like, "It's about 900 bucks, thousand dollars, somewhere around that." And um, uh, you know, people have said, hey, that looks like a really good deal. The ones I've been looking at are closer to $2,000. So, um, well, I, I will admit I haven't reviewed or even ridden very many electric bikes. This seems like a pretty good choice for somebody that has a RV or a boat or it's just somebody who wants to, you know, leave their car at home for a few shorter trips. I've put about 100 miles on it, I think, just kind of riding it around my little neighborhood. And... Um, I've recharged it one time, and it seems to seems to be pretty good. And the idea again that if you had, you know, you you had a boat and you wanted to bring it someplace, and you wanted to be able to ride somewhere afterwards, or you had an RV that once you get it all set up, you 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 always forget. Oh, geez, I forgot to get this. You can ride the little electric bike somewhere, and a little bit easier than a scooter or a motorcycle, which I used to carry on my RV years back. So. Um, Check it out. It's a Fido, F-I-I-D-O. And at some point, I'm going to try to get somebody from Fido on the show to talk about it, talk about some of their product. Um, they uh, their, their local office, I guess, is out in California. Uh, the company is actually out of China. So well, we'll find out some more information about it and let you know how it's working out. Uh, right now, let's go to the phones. I believe we have, um, we have uh, Chal- Charlie from Board. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, I recently purchased a uh, 2011 Volkswagen Jetta SEL, right? Okay, yep. Okay, now, I, it did not have a driver's manual. It's making me crazy. There's a lot of stuff on this car that I have no idea how you actuate it or anything else. What would be your suggestion for me to get a copy of a uh, 2011 Jetta SEL uh, driver manual. Well, there's there's probably a couple of ways. I'm sure there's. I'm sure you could probably even find one in a, in a junkyard. But you can also go to, um, you know, you could you can go online and you can actually find the entire owner's manual online. Really? So yeah, now if you wanted to print it out, it'd probably cost you a fortune because it's. Uh, um, you know, it, I think it's six hundred pages, but you can uh, you can you can certainly find it. It's um, uh, you know, it's something you should you should be able to get without too too much problems. I think it's. Would but you like I said, maybe a, a Volkswagen dealer. Well, it, you can, although they're going to have to order it for you. It's probably going to get expensive. I would probably try. Um, Try a junkyard first and see. You know, I, I've always joked over time that you know the the best part of any car in the in the uh, uh, in a junkyard is always the owner's manual because no one ever looks at them. So, uh, but I think I think you could um, you could certainly be able to find 
again, find the owner's manual online if you wanted to. Uh, it would probably cost you, you know, twenty dollars or so if you had to if you had to go buy one. But I but I think at this, you, at this point, I don't care. No, you don't care. Um, but yeah, I think I think you could I think you could be I think you could be okay trying to trying to find one. Um, um, you know, and like I said, I think it's. Uh, You know, you have to be a little bit careful what kind of websites if you tried to download it. But yeah, you could go to the you could they're definitely available. So you could you could definitely you know find one and uh, you know the you know the dealer could order it for you, um, and you could you could get it that way easy enough. But I, I think I think overall uh, you you know yeah yeah you could you could certainly get one in. And what kind of things are bothering you about the car that you can't figure out? Complicated systems on it, and a lot of buttons that are. I have no idea what they're for. A lot of the uh, emojis too, the German emojis. I don't know what the hell they're talking <laughs> about. This one with the sunny faces is going to tell me we got a good weather coming or what? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it, it 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 could it could be. So yeah, you know. But like I said, the first thing I do is I would go to uh, I would go to a local junkyard and just say, hey, any chance you got a 2011 Jetta that the owner's manual is still in it? You'd be surprised yeah. how often people, when they junk the car, leave the owner's manual in it. Oh, so yeah. I wow. yeah I would try that first, and if not, I think you're you're off to the Volkswagen dealer in Hyannis or something to go get one. Okay, the good thing to know is you're telling me they are obtainable. Oh yeah, yeah. You can you oh, can right, ab- right, you right. can you can absolutely get one. Like I said, you could you could uh, you could look it up online and get one, and yeah. uh, you know you should be able to, you should be able to do that with without any real problems. So yeah, yeah, you know definitely something you can do. Hey, thank you very much. This All is right, a good show. All right, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. Although I I will say I just tried to download the owner's manual and. Uh, I don't know what got downloaded, so be really careful when you go to download an owner's manual. All of a sudden, now I have a, a, a new, uh, something new at the top of my computer. So, oops. Oops to the IT department. Uh, I think I just screwed something up, just so you know. But uh, but I'm sure we can fix that afterwards. So, uh, you know, but, you know, goofy stuff happens, I guess. So, we'll have to, we'll have to get rid of that little little issue that we just had um, and try, try to take care of that. If you want to join us like Charlie did, 781-837-4900 is our phone number. In fact, I promised we would give away a AAA membership. And here's how it works. You have to be, you can't be a AAA member at this point. So you can't be a AAA member. Uh, so that's the only way you can use. We're going to give you a secret code so when you call our membership department, you'll give them the secret code, and that secret code ties to the radio show, so they know that you are uh, that you want it on the Car Doctor Radio program. So we're going to do it based on a trivia question, which um, you'll just have to call in and say, "Hey, I think I have the answer to trivia," and we'll kind of we'll kind of go from go from there. So Jesse doesn't know what the question is, nobody does. So we'll we'll get you we'll you know, we'll get you on and and try to do it. So the commercial <clears throat> this is a a tagline from um um I would guess the 60s and kind of madmen-ish, I would think. And 
and tell me what the name of the car was and the tagline in it was the car with pull for the men with push Jesse do you think you can use that do you think you can use that as an advertising slogan anymore the car with pull for the men with push I would not <laughs> well this was a legitimate ad and it was talking about a front wheel drive car so if you know the answer to this, give us a, give us a call at 781-837-4900. And again, the, if you already are a AAA member, the AAA membership is not going to do you any good because this is for new members only. So 781-837-4900. What was the car they were talking about that they said the car with pull for the men with push? If you know the answer, give us a call at 837-4900, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in on how to how to get your AAA membership. We'll need your name and address and email and phone number if you know the right answer, and uh, I'll email you back and tell you how to redeem your AAA membership. So it's just that easy. And if you're listening online and you're like, I'm in New York, will I still be able to win? Yes, you will, as long as you're in kind of the... Uh, uh, New York City-ish sort of area, central and northern Jersey. If you're listening online, you listen in the western part of Connecticut, all through Rhode Island, wherever you are, you know, all through Massachusetts. Uh, if you know the answer, we, we will we will give you a special code. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said um, they have a 2014 Corvette and it only has 4,500 miles on it, and they bought it new, and since they've owned it, they've had nothing but problems. The transmission went out at about 2,500 miles. The info center had to be replaced twice, and the car needed to be towed to replace a spark plug. About six months later, another plug went bad. The dealer tells me it's because I don't drive the car enough. I always let the car idle for about five minutes to get the plugs hot. Are they right about plug fouling because the car is not driven enough? Recently, they took the car in for oil change. After the oil change, the white smoke was so intense coming out the exhaust, they couldn't see the cars behind them when they got home. The hood was, um, the hood of the engine was hot. They could barely touch it. They checked the oil. It was overfilled by almost a quart. They brought the car back. They drained the oil out, put the right amount back in. The car still smokes a lot and leaves a heavy black carbon on the exhaust and leaves gray dust on the bumper and the license plate along with black dots all over the bumper uh, the car's always been at car shows and was cleaned about once a week and never had a problem the dealer claims that there's nothing they can do now and they're stuck with uh cleaning the exhaust and the bumper every time they use the car and the deal is really correct uh just letting the car run is not good for it your Corvette and really just about any vehicle needs to be driven. Letting the engine idle will carbon up the spark plugs and cause them to fail. You're better off just driving the car every few weeks um, and, if possible, for about 30 minutes. And during this time, drive it out on the highway if you can. Um, if you put the car away for the winter, just leave it. Many owners are tempted to go out and they start their car and just let them idle for 15 or 20 minutes. Terrible idea. It just carbons up the plugs. It's not good for it. The oil never gets really hot enough to burn off the condensation. Wait for a nice day. Go for an hour-long ride. Enjoy the car. Regarding the exhaust, I'm concerned about the white smoke, which is typically coolant, not oil. So I might want to get that checked. It's also possible the exhaust has um, got excess oil in it, which is just going to take time to burn it off. So my suggestion, drive the car and enjoy it. So kind of go, kind of go from there. Um, let's start with, uh, let's see, we have, uh, somebody who thinks they know the answer. Let's talk to Mike from Bridgewater. Michael? 
So you think you know the answer? I do, sir. Of this politically incorrect uh, sales sales line? Yes, John, but being children of the 60s, we understand it was a different time. Yeah. <laughs> it, certainly, it certainly was. So, so, right. so at, it's the Oldsmobile Toronado. And can you tell me, is that the first really front-wheel drive car that they were trying to mainstream? I, I thought that they made front-wheel car drives, you know, before that, but I, for some yeah, reason, I was mean, thinking I mean, that... Yeah, I mean there was there were there was uh, European cars that were front wheel drive. There was some very limited production cars at certain times that were front wheel drive. But really, really the Toronado and then the Eldorado were really you know the the very first of the front wheel drive cars that were really popular. And it's kind of interesting that even that kind of front wheel drive mechanism ended up as sort of the the drivetrain for the GMC motorhome. So it's really kind of futuristic-looking GMC motorhomes actually had Toronado drivetrains in them. So that front-wheel drive unit was was a pretty pretty wildly functional unit. And the other part is, if you, if again, being a child of the 60s, I guess, um, Airstream used to do a commercial where it talked about how easy the Airstream trailer was being towed, and it was connected to, I think it was connected to a Toronado, and they took the rear wheels off of it. So they were towing it with the front wheel, no wheels on the Toronado, connected up to a special trailer hitch on on the uh, on the Airstream trailer. So it was it was pretty unique. Yeah, and I think also they talked about not having the the tunnel, you know, the idea of the flat floor and all that. If oh. I remember cor- correctly, yeah. I think that was something they were pushing out there too as well. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. The uh, when you got in those cars, I remember the first time I ever got in one. It was a, um, it was an interesting feeling that there was, you know, especially back then, um, you know, every car had a pretty significant, you know, um, uh, drive shaft hump in it. You know, that was that was a, a pretty big, you know, pretty big kind of bump in the car. And even today's front wheel drive cars have so, you know, a little bit of something going on there. But um, the um, the '66 Toronado, according to uh, Google, I guess, says it was the first uh, American front-wheel drive, but in 1929, the, uh, the the Cord was actually a front-wheel drive car. So I guess that was really the world's first um, front-wheel drive car, as well as the first car to have uh, uh, not regular U-joints. They had constant velocity joints. And uh, so if you, you know, you look at that, but yeah, really the, the Tornado, you know, was really the, kind of paved the way for the front-wheel drive cars we're seeing today that, uh, you know, were packaged a little bit differently. And, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, something like a, you know, Chevy Citation when they came out uh, or, you know, something like a Dodge Omni or Plymouth Horizon, you know, they were some of the first front-wheel drive, you know, subcompact cars. And, uh, but it was all sort of based on the idea of, you know, that Tornado and, and, you know, what, what that was. And um, they were, they were pretty weirdly interesting big, cars and i and i guess i sort of i don't know about you but i sort of miss the uniqueness of some of the american cars we had whether it was you know rivieras or tornados or you know some some of the you know not you know the the cadillac eldorado from you know the the 70s the convertible that had the you know the at the time the the largest v8 engine made it didn't make a lot of horsepower but it was more cubic inches than any other horsepower i kind of missed some of that odd stuff that it was like i don't know who would buy this but it's 
kind of weird. And I guess maybe that's what we get with things like the, uh, you know, a Dodge Hellcat now. It's like, you know, do you really need 800 horsepower? But maybe. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'll, I will say I worked at a gas station in the 60s, so I got to see a lot of those cars, and my boss actually bought a Buick Riviera, and I just remember the the bumpers on that thing, were they were just massive. And But I got to see all those cars now that you see them at Meekum Auction, you know. Um, I had a... I had a GTO convertible '66 that one of them '67 went for a hundred grand just yesterday. But I got to see the you know the the Dodge the the Superbirds come in and the Barracudas and and uh, the sleeper um, a lot of the a lot of the, the Cudas and the 340s 383s all those cars came in the Mustangs you know you had the the Boss and all those and I just was filling gas in these things never realizing later on down the road I probably should have kept the GTO and maybe maybe appreciated a little bit more the the cars that were coming in and out of the gas station at the time but yeah yeah is isn't isn't it kind of a sh- you know you think about maybe the cars you had as a kid that you know maybe you know you didn't even spend a lot of money on and you you look at those and you're like, oh, if I only had a way to save those for 50 years, what they would be worth today? It's funny, John. I sold my 66 Pontiac GTO with the Mickey Thompson head covers, Gabriel Hijacker air shocks with the Mickey Thompson wheels, and uh, four-speed. Um, that whole deal for 650 bucks. And when you see it go across the, for 97 grand, you think, hmm. Bobby, that wasn't a good move. But anyway, that's a yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, the the woulda, coulda, shoulda sort of thing. I did the same thing. I had a I had a '66 289 Mustang convertible, four speed. <laughs> uh, it had it had the pony interior, which oh, I geez. think the I think the steering wheel today would sell for more than what I paid for the car or or <laughs> sold the car for. So yeah, you never know. Oh. I know. Okay, I know. okay. Uh, give Jesse all your information, name, address, phone number, email address, and we'll send you out the special code, and you can either use it yourself or, or give it to a friend that doesn't have a AAA membership, okay? I, I appreciate it, John. Thank you. Connie. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Bye-bye. So Jesse will get to work on that. He can do he can do that. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, some of the other questions we got today as well. So... Um, and uh, like I, s- we also have Jim from North Reading on the line. If you want to talk, oh, to we him. do. Oh, mm-hmm. let's talk to Jim. Let's talk. To, I thought you were busy. I thought you were going to be busy, like you know, doing doing work. Let's talk to Jim. Oh yeah, I that'd be more. Of, I got that, a lot of that, buttons that, to press here, but yeah, I that, that'd be that'd be that'd be more fun. So. <laughs> All right, Jim. Good morning. I don't I don't know if it'll be fun, but thank you for taking my call. I'm tired of switching over my daughter's tires from snow tires to regulars. I want to get some replacement rims. Do you use the 17-inch tires? And what what it, it's a, a 2014 Sentra, mm-hmm. and there's different numbers now that are involved than years ago. Just buying rims at a junkyard, this pitch or angle, and and different things that are involved. Do I have to be concerned with any of that? As long as well. The, uh- yeah, ca- sort of, sort of, kind of. You you have to be. You you want to try to do kind of like for like. You want to try to get the same kind of wheel that came off of there because there is an offset to the wheel that could be different. Um, you know that same wheel may fit multiple years, but the offset might be a little bit different, and it might hit the edge of the caliper, or it might stick out a little bit further because it's a half an inch. The 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 kind of 
dish of the wheel is a half inch in or out, and that could make a difference. Um, the other thing is that when you when you're switching you know wheels back and forth like that you also have to be concerned about um you know her wheels have probably have tire pressure monitors in them that you know when you put the replacement wheels on if you just put rubber valve stems in and they're the type that actually use radio transmitters if if you look at her car now and they have metal valve stems they actually have a radio transmitter built into them. If they have rubber valve stems, they don't. But if they have metal valve stems, they have a radio transmitter put in, you're going to put these replacement wheels on with new snow tires on it, and all of a sudden the tire pressure monitor light's going to come on, and you're going to go, what's wrong? Well, it's because your tires are in the garage somewhere, not on the car. And in fact, um, Tire stores might not want to put them on because you're basically disabling a safety system on the car. So, that, yeah, so you might that, be in a little bit of a, thing I, Yeah. That was one thing I hadn't even considered was the, the monitors. Yeah, yeah. So, again, depending on what kind of monitor it is, um, my, my car that I drive all the time has tire pressure monitors that are radio transmitter style. My wife's car, which is a couple years older than that, has rubber valve stems they just use it uses the abs system the other car we have that's six years older than that one is uses the rubber valve stems and uses the abs system so it depends on i mean that one actually uses radio transmitters so that one's an older one that uses a different style the little bit newer one uses the abs the little bit newer car than that goes back to the radio transmitters so they can vary back to back the the thing you might want to consider and is maybe go with a, you know, we had the folks on from Dayton Tire last week. Um, I mean, um, uh, from um, uh, Nokian Tire, the tires are made in Dayton, Tennessee. And uh, Nokian Tire, like Michelin, makes an all, not an all-season tire, they make an all-weather tire that acts like a real snow tire does. Um, so... Maybe the idea of putting, you know, wait till you kind of wear out the tires that are on the car now, and next set of tires go to a true all-weather tire that actually has the, um, you know, how you know it's a, a, a snow tire equivalent is the side of the tire has something that looks like a mountain with a snowflake on it. That means they're certified as a true winter tire. And um, uh, Nokian makes that tire, and uh, Michelin makes it, uh, makes a tire like that. Um, so you might want to consider a true all-weather tire that's going to work as good as a snow tire. And then you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about changing the wheels and tires over, um, and you can just you know you can just uh, not worry about it. You have you have tires that are going to suit your weather year-round. Good advice. I will do that. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Bye. Why don't we take another break? I think I think we can do that. That way I can I can clear my throat a little bit. When we come back, I have another kind of interesting question that came in the mail today. So uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. And, and, and the other the other thing is, uh, you know, we'll find out how how to get rid of this uh, virus. I apparently downloaded on my computer when we come back. So one one thing or another, one it's all coming up soon. You listen to the Car Doctor program on WATD South Shore's radio station ninety five nine. Our phone number is 781-837-4900. We'll be right back. 
no one wants to be left out in the cold. With AAA, you won't be. Their experienced technicians will be there fast to help with your dead battery, unexpected breakdown, frozen locks, or any car issue that comes with winter weather. They're trained to fix most problems on the spot, often without the need for a tow. And you're covered in any car you're driving or riding in, 24-7. Join AAA today at aaa.com join. Hingham Lumber in Cohasset has everything you need for this winter storm. Their qualified, experienced staff knows what's coming and will assist you in finding just the right products to help you weather the storm. Hingham Lumber has air and snow blowers, generators, shovels, ice melts, scrapers, roof racks, batteries, flashlights, chainsaws, firewood, wood pellets, heaters, and a propane filling station. They have everything you need to get out and quickly remove that snow from your driveway. Hingham Lumber Company, Route 3A in Cohasset. Visit them at HinghamLumber.com. This is Reverend Bill Ferguson from the Pilgrim Church of Duxbury United Church of Christ. On behalf of the Duxbury Interfaith Council, we welcome you to join us for our annual Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Breakfast and Prayer Service on Monday, January 16th. Breakfast will be served at 8 o'clock in the morning at Bertram Hall, 21 Hardin Hill in Duxbury, followed by a prayer service at 9 o'clock at the St. Margaret's Chapel, 30 Hardin Hill. All are welcome to attend. South Shore Hockey fans, please join us every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for the Ted Donato Show, Ted Talks Hockey, on 95.9 WATD, sponsored by the Caskin Flagon. Make an appointment Sunday morning at 11 for John Paul, the Car Doctor, on 95.9 WATD. Now, back to the Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on uh, 95.9 WATD. And again, I apologize if my voice is getting scratchier, if I clear my throat because I've got some kind of winter cold. Nothing like a winter cold. So, uh, But no COVID, at least, you know, from the 5,000 tests I've taken so far. So, and uh, so, eh, but I'm all stocked up with more tests just in case. Um, somebody wrote to me they have a 2022 Hyundai Santa Fe. They said they really like the car, but they're a little bit confused because the manual states to use zero W30 oil, which they don't see on store shelves. Is it okay to use zero W20 oil? And my answer is always go with the manual or what the oil cap cap states. Uh, That's what you should use. So if the manual says use zero W30, that's what you should use. And uh, but here's where it gets interesting. I looked up in all data, which I use as a technical database, and I also looked up in Mitchell on Demand, so uh, the Mitchell database, which I also like, which I, which I, which they both have pluses and minuses. I tend to navigate through all data a little quicker than Mitchell. Mitchell kind of has some better diagrams when I'm looking for them. In fact, I have a next door neighbor here who. Um, had a brake line that went bad, and they took the two brake lines off where they go from the master cylinder to the ABS pump, and they weren't quite sure which ones went where. And uh, Mitchell had a really good uh, diagram of the brake line, so I printed it out so we could figure out where to put the brake lines back. Um, so uh, we uh, we bent up some new brake lines and put them on, and um, and he went and bought a brake line, or he went and bought a tubing flaring kit, but it wasn't a double flare kit which you should always use on brake lines you 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 want to use what's called a double flare because it kind of uh, squishes down the brake line and 
does it a little bit better. We went to the local uh, O'Reilly's where they lent us a kit right out in the parking lot. So we bent up the, we flared up the brake lines, gave them their kit back, and all was good. So, um, but in both Mitchell and All Data, it shows zero W twenty oil. So I'm like, hmm. So could you use zero W twenty? Well, then I went to Hyundai's website and downloaded the owner's manual. And the owner's manual, once you look a little bit further into the owner's manual, it says you can use either oil depending on temperature. So if you're someplace where the temperature is hot all the time, you want to use zero W30. If you're someplace where the weather, you know, doesn't really get above, you know, 85 degrees, zero W20. So my suggestion would be on this particular car, um, use the zero W20 on your oil change that's going into winter. Use the zero W30 as you're going into your oil change in the summertime. Uh, they both will be fine. I think they'd both be fine at any time. So, you know, if you can't find the zero W30, which find it zero weight oil, you know, nobody even knew what that was 10 years ago. And now we're seeing it. We see, we see some, uh, um, some of the hybrids use zero W17, a really oddball oil. So, you know, there's some odd stuff. Uh, one more question that came in. Uh, somebody with a 2003 Toyota Corolla. It was garage kept until 2018 when they moved, and now it gets parked in the street. Um, they live about a block from the ocean, and the paint on the roof of the car is starting to wear through. Uh, they say they guess it's due to the elements. They get conflicting advice how to take care of it. Well, it's the paint is flaking away because the primer is chalking and the paint is falling off and it has to do with UV light. Not much you can do about it. Just live with it or repaint the car is about all you can do. Hey, that music means we need to go. I want to thank our friends from Sylvania educating us about headlights. So until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, Drive with your headlights on, too. Uh, and uh, be good to your car. And if you see an emergency vehicle by the side of the road, slow down or move over. It saves lives. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.